and we are recording in progress recording with <coughs> mr basil baz on monday april 24th 2023 at 5 13 p.m eastern time this is episode 1200 and uh as i did yesterday with um with rick prado and ron moeller uh, Rick Prado of Ground Branch, Ron Moeller of Air Branch, uh, and as I did a month ago with Joe Teddy, I think the day after Mr. Watt passed, Joe Teddy, Ground Branch, and then Dale Comstock this coming Wednesday, Ground Branch, and Baz, who obviously Ground Branch, and I'm trying to put together, for, I guess these are firsthand, I guess these are interviews with secondhand sources. Obviously, none of you are Mr. Watt, but these are individuals who worked with Mr. Watt, and as I was just telling Baz beforehand, and as I said to Mr. Prado, et cetera, I'm in a u- unique position in life where uh, I do video interviews for a living and I know a bunch of people who knew a legend who just passed. And I think it is above all else, just it's kind of like a, I don't know, it's like an obligation. I've, I've read about Mr. Wall. I'm a fan of him. Um, I love us history. I'm kind of in this spot where I enjoy taking down documentaries and audiobooks left and right. And I'm in a unique position where maybe I can provide some information about a, a, a U.S. legend for somebody 50 years from now that wants to learn about Billy. So with that, I'm going to shut my mouth. Baz, could you please introduce yourself? And then we can just jump into Billy Waugh stories. Yeah, thanks, Tommy. Uh, Basel Baz, uh, I'm the founder of the Association of Children, which is a, a 501c3 uh, nonprofit organization of former intelligence, military, and law enforcement officers who are dedicated to the recovery of missing, exploited, and sex-trafficked American children. Uh, I've been around since about 1993. I think we're now coming up on being one of the oldest child rescue organizations in the country. Um, I was a Citadel graduate, former captain of the Marine Corps, dealt with counterterrorism after we got hit in Beirut and lost 223-plus uh, personnel. Um, got recruited in the CIA in 1985, sent from 85 to 96, and uh, primarily in, uh, as a paramilitary, uh, special operations paramilitary case officer. Um, did a little bit of time in Ground Branch, did, well, I did a lot of time in Ground Branch, and a little bit of time in Maritime. Um, and the only time I dealt with the air branches when we were jumping out of their airplanes, which was great. <laughs> um, but a uh, great crew of people at a time when uh, there wasn't very many of us. I think in Ground Branch, and I may have this number wrong, I think it was like 22, 23 people. Um, And we all came in under the heels of great, great patriots like Juan Franklin, Popeye, Jim Monroe, Buck Ashby. Um, I mean, I could go through a whole list of names of uh, people that had served in Vietnam with MACV and uh, and so these are the uh, these are the men we learned from, uh, and hopefully now we honor them with the way we live our lives and, uh, and have uh, done well, hopefully for our nation, based on the I don't know based on the footprints that they put down in the in the kind of the blood bath of of the world, so to speak, um, as mostly people that we we remember as the president's secret hand. You know, when all diplomacy failed, uh, these were the men that went and got the job done. Uh, to take credit for it. So, I'm I'm grateful and always have been and always will be to have the have had the opportunity 
to serve with those and and many more of the names that I'm not mentioning right now, but but they know who they are and they know how I feel about them. So, um, yeah, so that's that's kind of where I came from. I uh, that was very natural for me to go there, Tommy, because my dad was uh, a special forces. He was Green Beret and uh, and he served uh, alongside the agency. Uh, not only Laos and Vietnam, but uh, a few other really cool things like Bolivia, uh, helping down there uh, with great people uh, that uh, went after, uh, went from the La Esperanza sugar mill to go get uh, Shane in yeah. Bolivia. Jim McGinnis is one. Jim passed away recently, um, but loved the guy. He was great. So, I mean, there's so many, so many great, really, people. So that that's kind of it. That's what I do now. And you know my story, Tommy. I kind of got to a point where there was uh, something bigger than overthrowing small governments, and that was the rescue of of, of children in our own country. Uh, and now, with the last uh, number of years with the border, that crisis has exponentially. Um, and, and even as I sit here in South Dakota, having discussions about uh, MS-13 and the cartel and uh how they are now setting up shop in places like this and all over all over america actually so um i don't think it was by coincidence i think it's kind of all by design uh now based on the intelligence that we've collected over the years that show there is a direct correlation between business activities involving the cartel and politicians in america corporations and the list goes on and on I don't think anyone's. Uh, I, I keep couching it in the in the because it's such a it's such a recent and pertinent example, and it, it just works so perfectly as 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 an as an analogy or a metaphor. Is I think we all had an inkling starting in December 2019 with COVID. I think everyone kind of knew that the government was using social media, but extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. With the Twitter files, we finally have the receipts. And you mean that wasn't conspiracy theory? Well, actually, Baz, what you're spreading right now is called misinformation, hate speech, white supremacy, anti-zent, whatever you want. You are, such a, you are such a racist. I can't. You are it. such a... This podcast is over. I want you guys going and riding at Baz's house. He has the gall to rescue children. He is a white... What we're getting to now is yeah. more and more of these conspiracies. Right. I think we're moving closer to getting the receipts. I mean, even just... Is it Arizona where it was uh, who, whoever beat Carrie Lake is you know directly in bed with the cartels all of these assumptions we've had not all of them a lot of the the bigger ones were starting to get the receipts which it's fascinating it's fascinating to finally see conspiracies start to be proven and um and as a quick aside guys the association for the recovery of children Bez's organization that link is in the description Please go there. Please visit. You can donate. You can help support it. But yeah, that is a that is an insane, an insane thing. And yeah, up in the reservation, you were saying MS thirteen, South Dakota. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's about an hour ago. We have a class now. We're running, and um, a couple of the law enforcement officers were actually describing uh, MS thirteen activity as far as kidnapping girls off the res um, and that kind of stuff. We know. Um, you know, we know how precious all children are, but it's interesting. Um, my conversations about two years ago with 
one of the uh, prominent members. Uh, she said, we had, over the course of the last so many years, we had 1,200 girls just disappear from the rest. Where are they going? Um, and so it, it is starting to look, I mean, really only a few options. They either run away, uh, they're buried in the plane someplace because somebody took advantage of them, murdered them, or they're being trafficked. And it's starting to look more and more like they're being trafficked. They're easy access. Um, and as as many of our viewers know, you know, the res some some reservations are kind of poverty stricken. So, you know, it's not they're not great incentives sometimes for staying around. So when some groomer comes along and says, hey, baby, you look great. I'll take care of you. I'll buy you clothes. I, I got yeah. you need to go to Las Vegas. So, you know, those kids are swept up um, and sadly. Uh, it's a nightmare for them from here on out. Uh, even more so if we don't we don't find them. And I I can tell you, Tommy, we're not we're not finding them. <laughs> we're not winning we're not winning the war on uh, anti trafficking in this country. It's uh, and I don't think we ever will. Um, but you know while we're here, we owe it to ourselves to follow in the footsteps of our forefathers and swear that we will give it every last sweat blood and tier that we have, even if we just go get one. It's kind of like the, kind of like the three percenters of the colonies, right? Nobody wanted to go up against the British, took 3%, guess what, they won. So I always tell people, and I, and I hope they remember this, and I told this class here, one man or one woman with courage is a majority. And that's kind of, kind of the map that we use a little bit uh, to just do our job because it is pretty endless to be honest with you. Probably won't ever win in much in the same way that we'll never get rid of depression or stubbed toes. But, and as it can be depressing to think about not winning, I don't think that that sentence, we're never going to beat it, that probably doesn't mean anything to somebody who was rescued. They're looking at it and they're going, you didn't get everyone, but you got me. And that, you know, that changes my world. And that's, I think that's how I try to look at things is. Yeah, you're exactly right for it. Saving one child won't change the world. But for that one child, their entire world changes. Yes. And, and so if it's just one, excuse me, you're good. one it shall be. And tomorrow, another one and another one. Um, look, I have to, I have to look myself in the mirror every morning and go, okay, who am I? And what's my priority and what I have to do. And I can't really care what the rest of the world wants to do. There's a lot to be done by a lot of people on all fronts, to be honest with you. And this is not a rescuing children is not um, a calling for everybody. Um, it's not a nice to do thing. Look, you've heard me say this before. Um, if I had my way about it, I'd own a tea company. Um, but I don't think that's what God called me to do. And, and guys like Ricky Prado know what I'm talking about. We talked about Rick, you know, actually Ricky is on my board of directors. Yeah. So he's a, a member of my board of directors. So, um, you know, you surround yourself with the right people. They'll motivate you to keep going. Every time you get a little down, you pick yourself back up. So um, it's odd. You know, like I said, things you get called to do, um, they're not necessarily things you thought you would ever be doing, but they gnaw at you to such a point that you realize that if you don't do it, um, it's not going to get done and it's probably not going to get done right. 
So you step out. And it's going to eat at you and you're not even going to be able to enjoy yourself. So it, and by that, I mean, is so many days. Today was one of them where I wake up and I'm like, I don't want to go to the gym. I want to cancel the podcast and I want to sleep in. If I did that, it wouldn't be an enjoyable day off. All day I'd be thinking, I would be like, I screwed over Baz. I didn't show up to that investment meeting I had to. I didn't go to the gym. I didn't. So you're not even going to enjoy the time off. And, you know, I started, you want to start the company? I started this podcast. I was like, I want to talk to people and laugh. I got immediately thrown into like fighting the pharmaceutical complex with Dr. McCullough, talking to you about trafficking children. I'm like, well, this was much darker than I set out, but it's what it is. And Mm -hmm. I certainly wouldn't enjoy this. If I knew I had contacts to talk to to talk to about subjects that could make a difference, if I sat here and was just trying to have fun every day, it would just be eating there at the back like a splinter. And so to me, it's just, as you said, I think this is what I was put here to do. Might as well do it. We're glad you do it because it gives us a voice. I mean, if you if you look at the crunch that our good friends like Tucker Carlson are in, yeah. um, you know, it's like when they start speaking truth, you know, then the, the elites just decide to cut your head off. So, you know, um, but, and, and also there's a reason for everything. And I'd lo- I want to see where Dr. ends up. It'd be great <clears throat> for them to become more explosive than he is now. Fox, um, you know, know how that happened. But in the meantime, we've got voices like yourself. Thank you. And, uh, and so we're, we're grateful for that. Thank you. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about reaching out to Tucker, not that I have any contacts with him, and being like, let me give you a leg up in the podcast world, but he'll be fine. But even that, no, you do see what happens. Like, don't you dare stray from the, don't you Don't you dare, if you're a lap dog, like, don't you dare get off the lap. Like, don't you yeah. dare, you're a scribe, you're nothing more. If you start to have independent thought, if you want to look into Epstein's black book, if you want to know what, you got to get out of here. And, but the 3%, if only if three percent of people start a podcast, then yeah, take it down, take down the whole existing structure, and um, to to kind of pivot, I always get lost when I'm talking to Baz. Doing the right thing and being put here for a reason, I don't think there's any greater example than Billy Waugh, who ran away from home and tried to get into the Marines. I think he was what fourteen, fifteen, and they sent him home. Yeah, the young guy. Yeah. And someone that, I mean, deployed to Iraq at 73. He's a guy that never stopped. And as Mr. Prado said yesterday, that someone who had an unshakable belief in knowing that he was defending something greater than himself. And he's passed, but if, you know, any of us can be inspired by him and do the right thing, knowing that he did it up until the last minute, then I do think that there is that there's at least a chance that something good will come of this world. Um, Could you maybe speak on any experiences or meaningful interactions you had? And not, I mean, if you want, but not just war stories, because I mean, there's a million books about him, but I mean, something deeper from him. Hmm. You know, I think with Billy and uh, I, I, I can honestly say, I mean, we were, we were drinking buddies, so to speak in the Marine Corps. I don't use it very often because I don't drink, but you know what I mean? Um, you know, I think the memory of the dead always remains in the stories and the mind of the living. It's our responsibility to carry that forward so that guys like Billy Waugh somehow live eternally. 
you know, um, no different than great people like, you know, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Daniel Boone, whoever it may have been. <laughs> I think there are many great people that have done great things. Um, and it's a shame that, and I don't think Billy Watt would have wanted it any other way, but it's just a shame that when they were doing great things, um, people didn't know about them. You know, but in that world, the clandestine service, so to speak, and doing great things when you're doing it for your for your nation and unselfishly, there's absolutely no way it uh, will it can't work that way. So, you know, um, I think Ricky Prado did an unbelievable job in telling Billy's story. Um, and I don't, I don't think I could, um, number one, I'm not going to upstage anything. Um, Rick and Billy were, were close. Um, and I, I really, uh, encourage people to get Rick's book, you know, so they can learn not all about Rick, but, but learn about Billy Watt too. Um, but you know, when we, uh, as young special operations warriors, uh, we all, come across people that they just don't impress us. They um, help us live longer. They help us do things right. They give us something to aspire to. And um, I think Billy was, Billy was a guy that just never grew old. And I, and I commend that, you know, there's, I, I never had this conversation with him. Um, have, you know, I was grateful that he signed the book that he sent me, which is great. Um, and we had spoken from time to time uh, in an operational setting. Um, and anytime you come across quiet, silent warriors, um, you can actually see the difference in their patriotic stride, just in their eyes and what they do. And what they've done that you didn't know they did, and you find out later, but you always knew there was something unique, something special. Um, then we do other people who either brag about what they did or try to tell their war stories and stuff like that. Billy was, in my opinion, um, epitomized what many of us that have lived and are living now uh, longer than him. Um, became and wanted to become a guy that loved his country um, and believed, literally believed in what everything our founding fathers stood for, founding of the country, the importance for protecting freedom um, and being willing to go and do things that nobody else would ever do. Billy was quite talented, but I'm sure there were a lot of times he was out Doing things in the in the line of danger um, that he probably second guessed himself. Well, wow, wonder if I'm going to make it out of this one. Um, and I would like to think that he, like many of us, think is that it doesn't matter if I make it or not. What matters is if I save the country. What matters is if I get the bad guys or whatever it may be ultimately. So, um, Billy, while Billy was um, one of a kind, and he is. Uh, I can say this is that <clears throat> I think this honors him. Those of us who had a chance to meet him, there are parts of Billy Waugh we would like to become, you know, um, and strive to be. 
and his life and his bravery and his courage examples for us. And they're always reminders, which is great, uh, that we need to do the right thing. And that, quite honestly, we're ready to fight at any moment. Um, and I, I think, I, hopefully, Ricky Prado would agree with me. Hopefully, all the other guys that are listening to this uh, that knew Billy would kind of think the same thing. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't really, you know, as much as I'd like to tell some war stories or much I'd like to tell some personal experiences. Uh, some I don't have to tell and some I won't tell. Um, so I'm trying to basically paint a picture of someone that I knew operationally and admired. I think, I think I actually, I spoke last I spoke to him was a month ago. Uh, briefly, um, when Rick kind of put him on the phone and, uh, I spoke with him and uh, he's very generous, great gentleman, but uh, a dog with a bone. Yeah. When he knew what needed to be done, he was not. He was not one to be afraid. Um, in fact, he, as you know, and most people know, if you read the book that Rick wrote, uh, he, he took no for an answer when it came to getting out the field, because he, like much like I said a minute ago, when when it came to ARC, sometimes you get a calling and you know that you're the only person that can do it if you if it's going to be done right. I think that was a little bit of Billy's story. There were operations that he knew um, that if it was going to get done right, he was probably the only guy to get it done. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. When something needs to be done the way that you know it can be done and that you're obligated to do. So like. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that entirely. Where you know someone, you can maybe pawn it off on somebody else, but to do it correctly on something that's not serious, like this podcast, <laughs> you know, I have a, and it's by no means do I have the gall to compare myself to him. I'm just trying to contextualize it. I have a friend that, that works for me and he does these tasks that I give him. I wouldn't give him the task of, hey, could you take my spot and interview Baz today? I know that I know you and I know that I'm going to do the interview and this is just how it has to be done for something much more serious like national security and with the consequences are much greater. It's not an episode. It's life or death. I think he's someone that knew that with humility that he was the best at it and that he, he just, it was him. He had to do it. It wasn't a pride thing. It wasn't an ego thing. He knew that if it was going to get done, it was going to be him. And that's just insane that, I mean, he deployed at 73 because he knew he was still physically capable of doing it. Yeah, we've had a few. We've had a few. This has been an interesting year for our um, community, especially the uh, especially a lot of the guys that that were being brought up and raised by was. We had Dutch Oranga that just passed away as well. Another great Billy Waugh type. And, you know, Ricky Prado can talk to you about Dutch as well. And and I'm not trying to match anybody to anybody. I'm just saying sure. there was a group of men uh, that all kind of ran together that came before a lot of us when we were younger. And, um, man, they're good. They're good. They're great. And uh, it saddens our hearts when they pass on, they journey on. You know, I like to think God has something else for them someplace else. Oh, yeah. But, um, man, I'll tell you what, am I, am I as an individual and a former special operations operator and now still kind of running 
it's kind of same special operations to go rescue kids. I mean, everything I learned, we're, we're still applying. It works great. Um, and quite honestly, the, the enemy hasn't changed that much. Um, they just have a different commodity now. Set of nuclear weapons, they're in drugs or selling kids. Um, but um, they have to have the opportunity to learn from these people. Man, come on. I look when I when I learned as much as I could learn from my grandfather who actually fought in the Ottoman against the Ottoman Empire, and the and then he was in the underground. Later made his way to the United States in 1914. I mean, this is a kid who grew up you know fighting in a war at 10 years old, right? And then him having 12 kids and all my uncles serving in the military, and then having the honor of having my own father and my own mother support our efforts. I honestly, when I ended up going to the Citadel, wasn't in and in the Marine Corps, wasn't sure who my uh, who my hero would be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, too too many. Yeah. yeah, there you go. And uh, fortunately, uh, when I got into uh, the agency, um, man, I was blessed. There was a bunch of dads there. You know, I mean, you know, different and, and like. Oh yeah, I remember. Man, I haven't talked to Harry Pugh in a long time. Harry's retired. I remember Harry Pugh came up to me. He said, you know, I served in Vietnam with your dad. And I was like, no, sir, I don't think so. My dad was a Green Beret. Harry just laughed, turned around and walked out. Only for me to find out. <laughs> Patted you on the back. Oh, bad. Yeah, that, you know, yeah, dad had been there, worked with the agency and stuff like that. So um, I felt like it was in good company. And quite honestly, Tommy, the interesting thing about our, um, man, our tribe, so to speak, so appropriate here. I'm in, at the reservation, right? <laughs> but our tribe of clandestine officers, um, those people are so loyal and dedicated. And I don't think that if I got jammed up, you know, I, 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 I don't doubt one bit that those guys would come and try to get me out. And I would do the same for them. You know, if they got the word, you know, even if they're retired, it's just, it was something beyond just doing it because it was um, a mission for the nation. You know, you, you, you develop something, a camaraderie, a brotherhood, um, quite honestly. And I, and I love my Marine Corps career. And I got to tell you what, it, something else on top of being in the Marine Corps uh, entered my life when I met all of these men like Billy Wong something totally different. Um, uh, a, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure really. A, tr uh, a, tra a, tra yeah. a transcendence? Maybe. It could be that, yeah. You know, and, and, and no ego attached, actually. Yeah. I never, to be honest with you, and, and Ricky, I don't know what Rick said on the interview, but I don't remember a Billy Wah that bragged. No. No. <laughs> you know, um <laughs> And I don't remember that at all, you know, and so it's a, it's good. It's good. And hopefully God calls me home and I journey home, you know, maybe we'll get to see Billy Wong, you know, I don't, I don't think it ends. So, so uh, just, no, I think eternity is eternity, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And no matter you know, whatever that is and what that looks like and, uh, you know, however God prepares that plan for us. And, and I don't think we can even get our head wrapped around it. Uh, we, we can't. We try. We try all kinds of crazy things as humans. We we think we're our own God sometimes. We think we're our own, our own omnipotence. And, you know, I, 
uh, I don't think that's the case anymore. You know, it's funny, you know, it's funny that when you're younger, you're not as quiet, but then when you get older and you all of a sudden realize why all those older guys were quiet, you just get quiet. You get something that society is missing. And I don't think generations behind us really know this word called wisdom. I don't think they know what that is. To be honest with you. Uh, we see it all the time. In fact, it's really funny is that, you know, as you know, we were just, uh, and I'm trying to segue out of Bill because I want to come back no, to no, that. No, no, okay, go for it. You know, in the state of Colorado, we last week we uh, 500 plus uh, Coloradans actually against the House Committee, which is primarily Democrats, who literally had created a bill which was an assault weapon ban, and yet they couldn't describe what an assault weapon was. I mean, like, you know, here's a pen, right? I can use this as an assault weapon. Oh, here's a rock. And the stupidity that came out of their mouth was uh, just crazy, just crazy. But I will tell you something I did learn. They have no wisdom. They have no wisdom. I remember I testified, and um, and I my testimony wasn't quite like uh, everybody else's, which is this is my Second Amendment right, blah, 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 you know, all that stuff, which is important. It is important. Um but what I mentioned to them was the fact that over the course of so many years now, um, you know, the cartel footprint in Denver and Boulder in Colorado has grown and that they should actually be encouraging their citizens to arm themselves because um, they have they have no idea um, the degree of sophistication uh, of members of the cartel. You know, they see it on the news every day, but when they start operating in your territory, not in your state and local law enforcement, uh, has a good chance um, if the cartel decides to arm their people the way they want to arm their people. You see it in Mexico all the time. So that was interesting. And I also did, you know, and, and based on my predictability studies in the state of Colorado and all the threat assessment work doing that if they had have been successful at passing this bill they would have plummeted the state of colorado into civil war literally i mean I, i've just been you know that's what i do it's what people hire you to do guys like us as i do predictability studies if we do a what's going to happen here if you do b what happens here but when i talk about no wisdom there was um representative there, a Democratic representative named uh, Lorena Garcia. And uh, when there were members opposing the bill that were testifying, of course, good patriots, one of them said, you know what, this is our God-given right to protect ourselves. And Ms. Garcia literally said, man, I can't believe, I can't believe it. She literally said, um, so you're saying that God gives you rights. You do know that it's the government that gives you rights. Motherfucker. Talk about socialism. Talk about communism. Talk about right here in our own country. I mean, needless to say, you can imagine how uh, the room erupted a little bit. But the fact that, that she as a representative literally said that, and for the first time, literally, for the first time in my life in a long time, since we all fought against communism and the Cold War and all that stuff, all of a sudden, I realized that what I used to see was that 
this theory or this 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 dogma this government controlling people was over there hmm. and now within 15 feet of my face it was right it was right there and uh so now <laughs> i hear people like tucker carlson go you know what the communists are among us the socialists are among us and everything i, I believe it. I, it's not that i didn't it's just whatever was in my face like that and I can't tell you the level of infuriation among real Americans um, when things like that happen. Um, and this is why I say they have no wisdom. They're stupid. They have their agenda, but they have absolutely no idea, Tommy, that there are no well, 50 million plus gun owners in this country, great patriots. Who spent most of their military career not wanting to come home in a body bag, but on their own soil, they have no problem dying for their freedom. Not the question for those representatives is this: Are they? Are they? Because if they do stupid things with no wisdom, when the civil war breaks out, and again, based on my ability studies, because. I'm not advocating violence like sure. civil war sucks. Okay, it's it's it's, it's horrible. Death and destruction. And to, but they don't care if it happens. It appears they don't care if it happens. But I'm learning that every Democrat and I, I used to say, well, there's some good Democrats. There's bad Democrats. Look, there's good and bad on both sides of the aisle. We know that, right? So I'm going to stay in the middle of this compatriot. But in this case, purposes of this conversation. They are so driven by their socialist agenda and they live on TikTok and they live in the movie theater and they live in a reality and a, a legislative bubble that is not in touch with people out in the state. What they don't realize is that as they continue to push the social agenda, socialist agenda, excuse me, I believe, in my opinion, based on all my studies, that they will come, they and their families will come directly in the crosshairs, figuratively speaking, of course, the crosshairs of every American patriot that is willing to die for their country and that's willing to support the Second Amendment and, and of course, the Constitution. How far that will go, based on what I've seen in third world countries, Venezuela, places, <laughs> These type of people with this type of agenda think they're protected, and they're not. They're not protected. So when you roust up the roust up and start to take people's freedoms away, they're going to physically come after you. Yeah, they're going to physically and and they go, well, how can you say something like that? Well, I don't know. Why don't we take a look at 1776? Why don't you look at world history? Take a look at you know. So for them, because they don't mind being oppressed because they have a social life. They don't mind being controlled. The problem with that is they're in America and they don't know the history that well. In fact, I would venture to say that, as you know, um, when Ms. Garcia, excuse me, Tommy, made that comment about the government um, The government, um, I mean, giving your rights, you know, 
Excuse me. I know where she got it from, and it gets misquoted all the time by almost every Democrat that I've seen in the last couple of years. And that, you know, as that was taken, actually, from Jefferson's letter to the Danbury Baptist, where he said, you know, believing with you that that religion is a matter which lies solely between man and his God, that he owes um, that he owes account to none other for his faith or his worship, that the legitimate powers of government reach actions only and not opinions. I contemplate with sovereign reverence that act of whole American people, which declared that their legislative should make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, thus building a wall of separation between church and state. But nowhere is it in the Constitution, of course, right? But people like this lady decide to quote that, or not even really quote that, just make something up what they believe it is. And so I think out of her, really, her lack of understanding the history of America, you would think that people get get hired too, but at least in the Constitution, because as I checked, they all took an oath to uphold the Constitution of the state and of the United States against enemies foreign and domestic, kind of like we did, right? And yet they are in violation of their oath. So with that in mind, you want to pass a bill, you want to pass a law, I think it's really simple. You do something stupid or say something stupid that goes against the Constitution, and you're trying to destroy the Constitution, maybe you ought to be relieved of your job. Several things to address there. I think the the biggest and most bold-faced is um, you can see the naked face of power, of the pursuit of power. We call it communism, and it is. Nothing's killed more people than communism. But what we're seeing is the naked face of power. And when you say uh, you don't get rights from God, you get them from government, you are you are quite literally seeing the remove government and replace or remove God and replace God with the state, the all power technologically advanced. They can print the money. They are God. You are also seeing the separation from the common man, which is what leads to every revolution of you look down on the peons and you say, I'm protected. And you might be. You might you might have a, a pretty good security detail, but when you screw over people long enough, and it does come down to this whole this whole idea of 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 I shave every day, you hold the door for someone, you stop at the red light. This is all a social agreement. My my older brother who who passed, but I think my favorite quote from him of all time is he and I were just on the highway driving from Maryland to Georgia, just out in the middle of farmland. We're in just little Volkswagen bug, and we're just on this two lane road. And these 18 wheelers are going by us. You know, we're doing 80, they're doing 80, 160 mile an hour difference. And he goes, God, that yellow line's just an agreement. <laughs> I always think about it. I go, yeah, that's I, it's an agreement that we're not going to kill each other. <laughs> but, but you have to understand that this is all an agreement. And this whole, this whole shit, almost like the, like, like the sun shimmering on top of a lake. It's an illusion. This, this civilization we have is an illusion. And the more you screw people over, the more you're out. And as you said, we're not calling for violence. It's it's if I owned a grizzly bear and you started throwing meat in front of it and throwing rocks at it, I'd tell you, that grizzly bear is going to kill you, man. And you'd say, oh, you're inciting violence. And I would tell you, no, there's nothing I can do. Although I agree with the grizzly bear, even if I didn't, I'm not stopping it. It's going to kill me too. 
And that is what the large majority of, of God-fearing military veterans who have seen combat are. It doesn't matter if I don't call for You think they're going to listen to me? And that is... So then it comes down to, are they idiots? Do they lack wisdom? I think they do and they don't. I think you have the useful idiots, which is as old as communism itself. The people who are pushing for civil war, they're not stupid. They either A, want civil war, and or B, want war so that you can then bring in the hand of the government and federal police and people will, will accept it. The people who carry out their orders, their idiots will get killed. The people at the top, they're not stupid. They're evil, but they're not stupid. And so are they lacking wisdom? I would say they are. I would say the people who are behind them, they're not lacking wisdom. They know exactly what they're doing. And yeah. it's... We will repeat it. That's it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. And it, it does it comes down to we the government, we give you the peasant, you knuckle dragging peasant. We're gonna tell you how things are. And stop looking at it as the government. Look at it as just people. It's it's not the government, it's it's Bill and Tony say that they get the guns and we don't. Well, they're the government. No, no, no. Forget that. Pretend we're out on an island 10,000 years ago. Bill and Tony say we get the spears. Tommy and Baz, you guys go, gotta go, go get coconuts. Fuck y'all. We either mm. all go get coconuts together and all get spears, or there's going to be a problem. Yeah. But we have separated and said, well, the government gives you rights. And, you know, I, I hope that there is a, you know, almost like your body doing inflammation or, or creating a fever. I can hope that there's a societal reaction as you see these more and more brazen overreaches of government. I hope so. And I hope we can, because nothing good comes out of civil war. I mean, what, 650,000 yeah. dead in the United States civil war? Nothing good, but. No, and I, and I don't think people are advocating for civil war for civil war's sake, to be honest with you. No. I think what's happening is the result of people standing their ground and saying, you will not take my freedom. Yeah. Will not take my right as an American. This is not this is not a new ball game. Our forefathers put this in place. We've been living this for what? Two hundred fifty years. Seven years, whatever. And we understand the value because we as veterans have fought for other people's right to be free. We have our 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 military has bled on foreign shores at the request of other nations who wanted to remain free. This is ingrained in our DNA here, our national DNA. Now, what's happening is because schools aren't teaching American history, because of wokeism, liberalism, whatever it may be, it's kind of natural that you're going to have generations that are eventually going to be a bunch of bunch of pigeons, to be honest with you. And they won't have the intestinal fortitude to sacrifice everything they have um, for freedom. So they will be enslaved and um, there will be those who farm few and far, far and few between, excuse me, that will know their history. But even now, look how they're chipping away with even our military, mm -hmm. you know, and stuff like that. The type of people we have. Um, there was a time where we could brag about being strongest military in the world. I'm not so sure we can do that anymore. Um, and, um, We'll have to see. Tommy, can we take a quick break real quick? Yeah. I'll be right back. Give me two yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, 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 right. I'm monologue. I'm monologue. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and anyone that watches this podcast, 
knows how much I don't advocate for violence. But I have to say that legally, but it's also something I believe in. But I mean, we are, it seems, again, obviously I'm 32 and have a limited understanding of this world, of this history, and I only see what's in front of me and I only read what I can get on my phone, right? Obviously I'm talking from a very limited bubble. But it, 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 it seems like we are just moving towards this spot where we're deviating farther and farther from reality. Either you're, we're, we're printing money over a limited number or, or a finite amount of gold, or we're censoring and playing whack-a-mole with stories we don't like, or we are saying that it's stunning and brave to go put on a thong and dance in front of children. It, it seems like we are going towards some sort of confrontation. And I don't know. I just hope it doesn't happen. You know, selfishly, I don't want to see conflict. I also have no service, so I'll, I'll die. But All right. back. yeah, you're good. I was just monologuing. Um, no, it. You know, I, 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 I don't. I don't want it to go this. I mean, I, I forget who said it. it's one of the veterans I've had on the show said like people who are calling for violence don't know what violence is they don't know what it is and these aren't these aren't pussies these are guys saying like i don't want to do it i don't want to kill even though they have killed before and like and i don't want to see my friends die like we are we are walking towards a precipice that i i just hope we don't come to and maybe who knows maybe this is just my own bargaining with reality maybe i hope i can make a difference with this show and do it with do it with video and with text and not with guns i would hope so too and as much as i would hope that we never come to that if we come to that i would hope that people step up to the plate yeah <clears throat> because um as bad as it is <clears throat> and i don't think i'm speaking out of line i I have these conversations a lot with a lot of Americans around the country. Um, you know, no one trusts the judicial system. It's broken. No. Um, no one has faith in three-letter agencies that used to be good for law enforcement. Levels of corruption are off the charts and blatantly in your face. Everybody can see it. You know, um, Americans aren't stupid. Um I think that, you know, we've talked a little bit about this before. When they 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 think they're insulated because they can use a judicial a broken judicial system to force the issues through or rig elections or whatever it may be. And um, I should say it just won't surprise me. It just won't surprise me when somebody goes, enough's enough. I, I won't have to do anything. I won't have to lead, you know, yeah. a militia. I won't have to do that. It'll, it'll do it on its own. Yeah. You know, I, you know, for many of us that have experienced that. Um, and um, I know exactly, you know, I know exactly what they'll, they'll do and how far they'll go. But, you know, they just underestimate the, they just underestimate Americans sometimes. Like we have a really unique country, um, and it's not filled full of slackers. Somebody at the uh, at the 
um, House Judiciary Committee said, made a statement, did their testimony and said, ma'am, this is not California. This is Colorado. And I was like, yeah, you're right. They're right. So I said, this is not Washington State. This is Colorado. This is not New York. This is Colorado. Basically saying, you know what? You're, you don't know what kind of people are here. So, and yet, and yet, Tommy, which is very interesting, it's kind of a mystery, actually. Those states that are being run by blue governors, so to speak, Democratic governors, that have already had their rights taken away, like, you know, their weapons and stuff like that. It is an interesting mystery, to me at least, regarding their lack of attention to that or failure to rise up, or whatever it may be. And I think they, too, don't want to see violence. They're just hoping and praying that the next election, you know, you can get the right person in and you get your rights back. There'll come a time, though, when they have to come face to face with, okay, it's been four elections already, 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, and they keep taking my rights away. You know, like, like I just found out that <laughs> even though we won this victory in Colorado, next bill's up is to say that you can't shoot your own weapons on private property in rural areas. Just don't stop. Just chipping away at it, you know? And I think that's the realization some people come to, is that the advance never ends. You cannot capitulate yeah. to the mob. You cannot, we don't negotiate with terrorists. You can't, you, there's no amount of appeasement you can do. You can never apologize for not being woke. They, it is a, I mean, on a deeply philosophical level, it is the opposite of creation. If you really want to boil it down to just the simplest thesis, if you had, if you had 10 seconds to explain it to an alien race, you'd say there's one side that creates and there's one side that destroys. And then you could dress it up and go into the history of communism. and, and you, But ultimately it comes down to cancellation is destruction. They don't ever create anything. All you do is chop off the end. You go, that's not far enough left, so you chop it off. Well, now you're now you're left with a new a new endpoint, and you go, well, that's not far enough, so you chop it off. You chop it off. You chop it off. You you're you know the no true Scotsman, and it, it will go forever. And it will ultimately, it's self destruction. It is it is a snake eating its own tail. It's burning itself out, and we don't see it right now because there's still fuel for it to burn. But eventually, the forest burns itself out. And that it is, it's faster, it's more seductive, it's more powerful, you're right, combustion, flames, light. It's not as fun, and it requires a lot less patience as opposed to growing. Planting right. takes millions of years for a, a lush forest to cover an entire mountain range. You can burn it in an evening, and it's it has the illusion, it has the, I would even say, the evil seduction of we can make change now, burn it all down, versus the hard working like let's go let's go to the gym every day for the next five years it's not as fun but one of them is building and one of them is that's just at the spoiler alert, that's just if you walk it all the way out it comes down to philosophical destruction versus creation um and then i personally think one of them's evil and one of them's good but it, it will never end and i think the takeaway is, is to draw the line in the sand now and push back while the option to talk it out at a at a city hall is still an option. No one 
No one in World War One went out and met and said, hey, guys, let's talk it out. No, if you stepped up, you got torn in half by a Maxim machine gun. You want to look at the thing while you still have civility, where you still pull up in a car and check your rearview mirror and make sure everything's good. You button your collar and you go in and you, you present yourself to whoever's at the city hall. Or, or this, where you can talk it out on a podcast and upload it and the grid isn't down. Right. Stand your ground and strive for peace while it can still be done in a peaceful manner. Because once you pass a threshold... We it is we are back to the we are the beast in the field. We are the caveman. It is the weapons have improved and advanced. It is beastly draw the most blood and they lose. Yeah. And it's I'm not cheering for it. I'm not some Delta Force veteran who's gonna be fine. I'll be taken out in the first wave. I'm I'm a propagandist for the conservatives. I'll a hundred percent there'll be a tactical strike on me. I've made peace with God on that. <laughs> but I don't know. That's my two cents. Yeah, I don't think anybody wants it. But I will tell you this is that word to the wise, if people cross over that threshold, the bad guys, the bad actors, the people that we that are trying to destroy the Constitution will not win. No. Their arrogance, they think they will. Yeah. They won't. No matter how long it takes, there'll always be one great patriot left somewhere that will protect the Constitution and believe in God, believe in our country and fight for everything that the Billy was yeah. of our world fought for and believed in. Yeah. And that's the difference between us and them. They don't have the Billy was in their life. No. We do. And Correct. so we owe it to Billy, you know, to come full circle. We owe it to set that same example so that someone uh, that meets me or beats Ricky Prado or, or Mick or, you know, or, or just, I mean, or anybody, Doc, or whoever, I mean, all the greats that we know. Um, so they go, wow, okay, I can actually be something, someone with purpose, good, good purpose for my nation, for the Constitution. I love freedom, whatever it may be. You know, we owe, we owe that. We don't owe... Um, we don't owe the woke world anything, and um, and we're not ashamed to stand up for it. I mean, it's really laughing like this, you know. So you're going to stand your ground. What are they going to do? Send you back to Afghanistan? You've been there, Angola, <laughs> Iraq, you know, uh, Central America. I don't know, Sudan. What Go are, for I mean, it. What are you yeah, going to do? Send me back there, you know. Um, what are you going to do? You're going to incarcerate me? I think we've been there before, you know. Yeah. So. Um, it's interesting, our approaches on life and stuff. But uh, we kind of we kind of <laughs> went off on a tangent. No, there, no, it's great. No, no, it's don't. Really, yeah, not... back to Billy and those guys. But um, uh, yeah, in honor of Billy Waugh, um, man, I'll tell you, Tommy, I wish we could keep those guys here forever. Yeah, but that's right? that's it's the... not it's not the way that God made the world, and that's not reality. But um, you know. I will tell you, you know, when my own, with my own father, if I could be half the man that my father is, I'd be one of the greatest guys in the world. I think Billy was that same type of person. If a lot of special operations guys could be half the man that Billy Wall was, they'd be at the top of the top of the list. We got to remember there was a time 
where there was no Billy Wall. And I don't mean the legend had it been created. I mean, yeah. the, Billy Wall literally had not been born. Right. right? And then there was a Billy Wall. So with that, I do have hope that who knows who's coming. And that doesn't mean wait for a savior. Great I just point. mean I just mean in terms of greatness can still... Everyone can look back to, I was inspired by Baz, and Baz was inspired by Prado, and Prado was inspired by Wah. Oh, well, Wah just died. It's, well, eventually, you got to go back to the source and be like, who's Wah? And Wah's just like, I don't know, I did the right thing. And it's like, well, that seems kind of easy. Just do that, right? I mean, all things considered, but, you know, yeah, just do the right thing. Oh, oh simple enough. What I'm trying, I'm overcomplicating it. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's the, yeah, yeah. Where are you going to send you Iraq? It's, you know, when I do episodes now like this or something, you know, or whatever, people are like, dude, you're going to get canceled <laughs> from what you're going to get demon. You got demonetized on YouTube. No big brain move, man. You can't be demonetized if you've never been monetized. What are you, you going to do? You're going to cancel me? You're going to send me death threats? Or you get all, you're an evil white male with an American. I'm like, yeah, put it, get it in line. Put it in the, put it in the inbox. I got a million of them. It's, it's simplistic. And again, and, and not because this could be a whole nother conversation, so I won't go down it. But, um, I've interviewed the author Richard Rhodes several times. He's like a Pulitzer Prize one, super famous author. He's in his eighties now. One of his books is, I think it's called the psychology of violence. It might be called why they kill. I'm very off on the title, but he goes into uh, Hitler. He goes into Himmler, Goring, and he explains that the true fiercest evil you've ever seen is not because these are, he doesn't say it, but I'll say it's not because they're Billy Waugh characters. It's the exact opposite. It's because they are weak, chubby men who, who slouch, who have bad posture, but they can order death from a desk. They can say, all Jews under the age of 18, all males, get rid of them. And they can do that because they don't have to touch it. They, they're not the soldiers who are executing the women and children and having PTSD and committing suicide. They're not the SS guards who would shoot themselves because they've, after the hundredth day of putting Jews in ovens, they just snapped. It's very easy for them in a gilded palace or in Berlin to say, do this order that's where the truest evil comes from and that sounds dark but I do actually think there's an optimism there it means that they can only go on so long as they are shielded from reality what happens when reality eventually knocks on the door they all took the cyanide cap or shot themselves these are not strong people it's an illusion of force it's the it's the scary shadow on the wall. You're like, oh my God, it's a monster. And your dad comes in and goes, it's a tree branch. It's the moonlight. And you go, oh, oh. So that doesn't mean, you know, the Holocaust isn't nothing. They can do great evil. But it's because they're insulated. And insulation is, that's a luxury. That's a luxury that does not go forever. I mean, what, French Revolution? They eventually stormed the palace and beheaded them. It comes to it. It comes to it. And that's that's not Baz and I calling for violence. That's provable world history. So do with that what you will. But um Baz, I said we I said we wrap this one up. Uh sure thing. Sure gone, thing. gone all over the place, but I don't know why I ever expect different. <laughs> that's what my podcast is. Um Okay, it's a great podcast. It's, it's great. It's like fun. I said, your voice of America is in many other Great people are with podcasts. I'm glad you stick it out because um, thank you, sir. You know, when you get things like um, 
like we talked about with Tucker Carlson and then Fox just like axing him because of what? I'm not really sure. Yeah. You know, because he tells the truth, probably, you know, because they lost the lawsuit, you know, that, you know, I don't know. I think most Americans know what the truth is and everything, but to have guys like you around, which is great, you know, we get to, to all ground truth. And I think it's important. And so I'm glad you do it. So thank you for having me on here. Thank you, sir. And just to kind of wrap up on the idea of eternity, because you and I talk about that a lot, is... I always remember in the final days of like a semester in college, taking OCHEM and genetics and molecular biology, and you're tired and you're anxious and you're just wired out. But I'd always just keep pushing through because I knew that when the exams were over, I was going to take a nice 12-hour nap, and I'd wake up and I'd always look back at myself. And now I'd be refreshed, but I would look back at myself just a couple days ago and be like, I wish I had gone harder. I wish I had just gone out swinging. And it's when you finally do start going out swinging and you wake up the next day and you're refreshed, you go, I, I gave it my all. I don't want to go to my death and be at peace with my brother and my aunts and my grandparents and my puppy and see Billy Waugh there and everything. And it's just wonderful. And you're in the loving embrace of God and you're there for eternity. I don't want to look back and go, fuck, I wish I had the balls to just really really go for it and that's how i look at things is i don't want i don't want there to be any regrets so when it comes to doing the right thing just do the right thing man you're gonna have all of eternity to dwell on it you want to look back and go yeah i'm proud of that you don't want to be cringing for all of eternity and saying why didn't i do the right thing i don't know that's my two cents yeah i think you're exactly right it's all about doing the right thing you know, it's interesting, um, Tommy, there are, people are different in the world. And there are those that compromise every single day and don't do the right thing. Quite honestly, I'm a man of conscience. I don't know how they live with themselves. I don't get uh, it. You know, uh, but evidently they do, uh, one way or the other. And even though I don't understand them, I don't have to be around them. <laughs> It goes, back, it goes back to that whole one man and one woman courage is a majority in yeah. my book. Peace out. Yeah. 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 So it's like, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, don't, I always tell people, particularly in this work we do to rescue kids, don't expect the nation to get behind you. Mm-mm. Don't expect a nation of pedophiles to like what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're not going to, they're not going to cheer Baz on and give them going. No, they're not going to cheer you on, man. Um, so you do it because it's the right thing to do and you do it because if you don't question is who will and you do it because your convictions um, lead you to do that very much like what you said Tommy giving it your all and doing that and really doesn't matter what you're called to do you do have to you should give it 100% mm-hmm. um, my granddad it's interesting I learned a lot from my whole family my, my parents my mom amazing my sister my niece I mean you know, my, my wife, it's, it's, it's all great, great stuff. I learned from all of them. Um, and in that process, um, I learned a lot from my, in that whole process, learned a lot from my grandfather too. You know, a guy who did deals on a handshake, a guy that kept his word, a guy that worked three jobs, you know, at one time, 
you know, just to feed his family during the depression here in America. And, um, out of all of that, as I grew up as a young man, I learned a lot about character, character, bravery, courage, character. And, uh, you know, we all sometime in our life will compromise on something maybe, but if we learn from it, uh, we will never compromise ever again. Mm. Well, something you want really bad, something you, you want to achieve or whatever it may be. And so you compromise just a smidgen. And all of a sudden you go, whoa, that was, I'm never doing Feels that again. awful. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's, it's the worst. It's just the worst. But if you learn from it and move on, um, you become a better person. Um, and, and as a better person, I would tell people, remember this. Don't care what the world thinks. Who cares? Don't care what the world thinks, particularly when you're doing the right thing. <laughs> We're in a time where evil has become good and good has become evil in the world's eyes. And once you know the difference between right and wrong, and there is a difference between right and wrong. There's not like, oh, he's right and you're right as well. No, it doesn't work that way. No. Someone's right and someone's wrong. Someone's but right I, and someone's a pedophile. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, you know, for me, I just have to do what is right so that I can rest well at night and one day stand before God and say, okay, I gave it my, like you said, I gave it a hundred percent. I gave it everything, everything you gave me as far as talent and brains and you called me to do, I've given it my best and can't ask any more of a man than that or a woman, you know, or whatever. But when you do less, less than your best, you're, you're going to have to look Billy Wall in the eyes as he sits you down for an after action report. And it's going to be brutal. Absolutely. It's going to be brutal. And then he's going to say, and when you're finished with me, you got to go sit down with God. And you're going to be, oh shit. It makes me think of uh, that Kobe Bryant quote. I don't understand lazy people. I don't want to understand lazy people. I like that quote. I love it. People, you know, we've talked before and people yeah. go, you know what? We know a lot about you boss. And we've learned they, you don't seem to be prejudiced at all. They go, well, no, I actually I am. I'm very prejudiced against lazy people. I don't want to understand. I don't like them. I don't like, them. I don't like worthless lazy people that want a handout oh. that aren't willing to work for something. No, uh, it doesn't go over well in my book. I don't care to associate with them. You know, I don't have time for them. It's not my job to make them better people. You know, it's like get your act together, contribute. Do your part. Stop being lazy. I don't, you know? I don't want to fraternize with you. I don't. Not only am I going to stay clean, I'm not going to go talk to the pig covered in shit. Get, get yeah. away from me. I just took yeah. a shower. <laughs> I practiced yeah. very hard at staying clean. Get. I don't want yeah. to. Tommy, why do you do so many episodes? You could do one a day. Shut up. Because I want to do more and I want to improve it. Why are you still improving? Why are you buying better camera equipment? Because I'm going to be the. Shut up. Like. What do you mean? God put you in the Coliseum. Fucking fight, man. Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm going to get a bad. going to give me a heart attack. I'm going to get all jacked up. I always make the mistake of going to the gym before I hang out with you. I should go to the gym after I hang out with you because I always leave these discussions jacked up. So I need a peace. Sorry. I know you well enough to know what you mean. <laughs> we are, you know, and uh, you always will do the right thing.
Thank you, sir. I believe so. I will continue to try to do so. And if I don't, I know I'm going to get a knock on the door from Baz, and that will be an unpleasant day. Probably. Uh, Probably. Tommy, why are you doing? Why are you you having these guys on talking about how age is just a construct? Uh, Where'd Tommy go? I don't know. He turned up missing. Did you know Baz visited his apartment? Huh. That's weird. Anyway, (laughs) Baz. Thank you so I much, sir. Nicky Prado will visit you before I. Oh, I know, I know. That's the other thing. It's like Tom, you always, you're always very patriotic. I'm like, do you not understand that I like the people I interview are also the people that I fear. Like I don't. I'm like, the FBI thinks your show funny. sucks. Tell them the fuck that's off. Funny. Yeah, that's funny. Oh that's, my gosh. I love you, brother. I mean, God bless you, man. It's good. Thanks for having me on yes, here. Sir. We keep you in our prayers, and uh, as always, anything we can do for you on this end. Let us know. Same on my end. Thank you so much. Guys, please go into the description. Uh, Go to Baz's website, ARC, the Association for the Recovery of Children. Don't support the pedophiles. Support Baz. Do the right thing. And uh, until next time, Baz, I love you, brother. Thank you so much. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Pray. Do the right thing. Love each other. Thanks for watching. Peace.